Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 49 of the PD Sports Podcast. Once again, it has been a massive week of sport, and with me once again, as always, is Damo. How are you going, buddy? About yourself, mate, Paul. It's always a massive week of sport at this time of the year. Every result makes a massive difference in what will happen come end of season. Um, there's also been like AFL has been had a couple of busy weeks as well. Yours, you know, you've been in and out of Adelaide. And it's been busy just in life. It's been great. I love it. Yeah, and I think we're just at a point where there's so many things heating up, as you said. But there's also, you know, the footies is kicking off. The F ones are kicking off again tonight as well, actually, which would be good um, for us to be able to see. Uh, but we've basketball as well. We've got the playoffs going at the moment, so there's just heaps of sport on. But I think we're just going to jump into some football first, as in soccer uh, for our Australian and American listeners. But if you do have any questions, make sure you get in the Discord, which will be in the description. Um, Or if you want to get your questions featured in the episodes, that is the best way to do it. Probably from next week onwards, I think we're going to start primarily focusing on some of the questions and sort of diving deeper um, into those uh, moving forward rather than just sort of recapping results and giving our our sort of analysis and breakdown. Uh, so if you do want some of those bigger questions answered, especially this time of the year with soccer as well, um, obviously teams will be missing out on Champions League or some teams will be making Champions League and vice versa and all those different things or there's different scenarios that will come up or coaches will get sacked and things like that. So if you've got any scenarios that you want us to kind of unpack further than just a little five minute at the end of the episode make sure you pin them or we'll pin them in the discord but let us know that that's a topic for discussion rather than just a question um i think that's probably the best way to go about it Great. where do we start i think we just talk about liverpool i think because well, they're just not? on a tear at the moment Oh, look, mate, it's just, it's just a good time to be a Red. And, um, look, we haven't done a pod since we played City in the FA Cup, which kind of just shows how busy life's been outside of, uh, like, doing the pod. But on top of that, we then played United, and then we've had Villarreal, and obviously we just played, um, what's it called last night, Newcastle last night, who have been the second-best team in this Yeah, behind you know, us since January. The league. Yeah, since Jan. Um, and and we've done it without a whimper. We've looked good in all of it. Um, like if we want to go in chronological order, we go back to the FA Cup semi-final, what a game it was, obviously. Yet again, we said on the pod, make sure you watch this game of football. And to be fair, you know, Zach Steffen makes it a horror and it's a mistake, but apart from that, what a game. You know, even City, I'll, I'll commend them. I like watching City. I know we all shouldn't, but I love watching them play because they play unreal. They came back at us really hard second half and really... Nearly could have maybe found a third. They had a, one that flew over the bar from inside the penalty box from uh, trying to feet now. Was that Fernandinho? Yeah, it was. In the, the 92nd minute. Yeah, minutes, r- like fell to him outside the box. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so credit where credit's due to City. But, um, you know, we're in an FA Cup final, which is great. And then if you look at the United game, apart from maybe a 10 minute period where United came out, played 4 2 4, and Van Dyke gives the ball away from kickoff, basically. And then United used that for 10 minutes where they actually came at us. And then Robertson wins the ball and we score for 3-0 or 4-0. That game was probably the worst United side I've ever seen play against Liverpool ever. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a combination of United being bad, but more a combination that we're really good at football, but really good. Um, 
And then, yeah, so, and then Villarreal, which I think we'll do a bit more touching on the Champions League a little bit, like, as a whole, a bit later in the pod. But, yeah, we're just, at the minute, Liverpool Football Club is the best team in the league, and we're the best team in the world, I feel. And I'm trying not to be biased, but the reason why I say that is no other team in England has been this close to doing the quad ever. And, like, we're in uncharted territory. And it's not like, you know, I think Chelsea in one of Mourinho's early years, had a chance to do the quad, but it wasn't this deep. I think they got knocked out in the FA Cup, like, quarters or semi. Yeah. Um, The year that they did the Champions League in the league, I think, or they lost the Champions League that year. Um, Anyhow, but I know the statistic is that this is the closest an English side has been to doing the quad. We're in uncharted territories. And the fact that, like, last night, for instance, we can rest Milner. We can rest, sorry, rest Milner. We can have Milner coming in, Kieda starts, Henderson. Gomez at right back, and it doesn't even look like we missed Trent. Yeah, that was crazy. Was, <laughs> that was crazy. It's just mental that we rotate and our team still looks that good. You know, there was just no system. Diaz was unbelievable yet again. You know, Mane played from the middle, then on the left, and Yossa's there. And you're just like, right, you know. But, you know, I, I know a lot of people uh, on Twitter and whatnot saying, why are we rotating this much? Well, that's we need why. to, though. That's why. We just, if it was a different day and it wasn't for the Brovka, really, we probably won the game 4 0. So, or if Mane could put a, a shot on target as well, that'd help. Oh, yeah. yeah Mane, <laughs> Mane missing a sitter doesn't help. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, you know, you had Salah come to the bench in the 60, 65th minute. He looked you know, very dangerous as well. Oh, yeah, because they were chasing the game, so Salah off the bench. It's like that good old, how many times have I said to you, I want St. Maxim for that exact reason, 65th yeah. minute, we're in the league. Impact. Team's going to come out of Spain down the other end. That's why Diaz well, looks so good. So, well, that's yeah. why he went from being on the bench to starting, and then we get that through Jota or we get it through Divock. And look, I think this title race is going to come down to probably one mistake, I think. I think City and us have both shown that we're capable of, of winning out. So it's one slip up is going to, you know, dictate this title race. I think the run-ins we've gone through are quite even. Um, I think I theirs is a bit better. Yeah, I think theirs was a little bit lighter, but they've also been prone to drop points um, in some of those games in the past where typically we've struggled more so against the teams around us where City have managed to drop points in the past to your Wolves, to your Crystal Palaces and... Maybe I'm clutching at straws at that point, but, you know, with Champions League being a factor again this year, who knows? It's just, we'll probably cover this later on. There's still, what, five games to go or so, so there's still plenty of time, uh, regardless if someone does make a mistake, but we're just, we're looking better than we, I reckon we're looking better than when we actually won the title by, you know, 15-odd points, whatever it ended up being, but when we were 25 points ahead, I think this is a better side. I would agree. I would totally agree. And it's because two reasons why. Obviously, that year City obviously couldn't contend with us because of their injuries, right? But second thing is, is that this side has been able to fight on four fronts all year and been this good all yeah, year. Yeah, our depth is unbelievable. And it's the first time in our history where we've had this much depth. Like even that year that we won it, you know, we, we were blessed with injuries. And if we had injuries, we would have been in trouble. We've never had this depth. We've got Kanate working like the night shift. He just plays every Wednesday and Matty <laughs> yeah. plays every Sunday. And he scores so in these bloody jet in the cup games. That's what's crazy. It's <laughs> the best. It's great. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. It's, and like, don't get me wrong. We obviously, and I don't want to sound like, not sounding bitter or whatever, but we're so unlucky that we're just in the same era as City. Yeah, otherwise he'd be dominant. It'd we be would so win it every dominant. single year. And um, the best thing that the Liverpool's done in this whole time is they've signed Klopp to 2026. 
Yeah, that's massive. That's absolutely massive that we've got him locked away uh, for another few, or two-year extension was what it ended up being. But, you know, he wants to see this project through and, you know, it will take him almost into double digits um, for years at being at the club, which, you know, in this Amazing. in this era of, of managers and the way football is, that doesn't happen too often. So, you know, we'll we'll take that all day long and hopefully that just allows us to have that continued success moving forward. That's it. I, I totally agree. And like, obviously Klopp being Klopp is just, you know, he's the best manager in the world without, you know, trying to dumb it down or like trying to not be unbiased, but he is. Yeah. When you look and at where we were when he came in 2015, yeah. like he's done it without the money. Yeah. Um, we haven't gone and, and blown budgets and things like everyone talks about the money we've spent, but the, the big signings that we've made of, have come off the back of big sales. So that's, it's been, you know, we've done it as a sustainable model, which should be promising. Um, I'm sure we can probably talk about this on, on a full episode, but I, I, I look at Arsenal and sometimes you have to bite the bullet with some people and whether it's a Martinelli that might go for some big coin or if Saka says, I want to go, you know, if they don't make Champions League and he says, I want Champions League, you get your 150, 130 that you probably demand for him. And then that just gets put back. As long as that gets put back into your team, that's the key. So that's for for us, we got the 140 for Coutinho and it went into Virgin and Allison. You know, like you can see where the money's gone. So I'm only endorsing that if that money gets back into the team. So yeah, that might be something that these teams have to do. You know, West Ham, for as much as they love Declan Rice... If teams are going to pay a hundred hundred odd million for Declan Rice, I'm probably cashing in. You know, for a, for a defensive midfielder, you can go get Basuma for thirty. You know, what's what's I'm not going to say what's the difference because they are very different players. But if you can have Basuma and seventy million in your pocket to go and fix your that. attack, I'd rather that. So I agree. that's what I'm thinking. You know, if teams want to chase down Liverpool and Man City. And you don't want to have the huge investment like City do, you know. That's the way. The the way is you have to sometimes make decisions that you're not going to want to make, which is selling your best players. And I and when Coutinho left, I was, you know, we'd lost Coutinho and Suarez within eighteen months of each other. I thought we're done. I'm like, where are we getting out of this? (laughs) And it all didn't happen in one window either. That's the thing. Verge came in January, and then Allison came the year after. So, you know, sometimes you just got to put faith. Um, into your, you know, people at the top of the club because realistically they should be there for a reason. It's the same thing that United should look at too with their rebuild under Ted Hag, which is obviously that news has come out since our last podcast as well. Yeah. Um, and I think we should do a whole um, pod on like maybe the model that's been used and maybe what could be happening for these couple of rebuild clubs. It might be something to do at the end of the season, which would be quite, um, yeah, you know, quite nice as well. But um. Look, as far as I'm concerned, I just feel like in that model you have to buy the right players. And what we did is we only we spent the money where we needed it most. So we were crying out for a centre back, and we got the centre back that we needed, right? And then we we're crying out for a goalkeeper massively, and we went and spent money on the best keeper in the world at the time. So I feel like that's where the model needs to go if you're going to do that model. But yet again, I think this is a conversation we could go so heavily in depth about the model and what you should do and what players you should target and who you should bring in and X, Y, and Z. I just feel like if we go so in depth here, it's going to take the run of the podcast. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I just want to bring this back to Liverpool and Liverpool getting it right. It's 
it's you're getting it right so you have the squad to fight on multiple fronts. And City have got that right from the get-go, but they've had the checkbook to do it. We finally have had a squad that's been able to do it. Yes, we've probably been a little bit more lucky than injuries, but we deserve that after last year. Um, and, you know, we're, uh, what, a leg away from a Champions League final, a point away from the Premier League title, and if they both fall in the place, which the Champions League legs should, right, we're going to be either a point away from a treble or a four, or two final losses away from a treble. Yeah. And that's incredible come this time of the season. I just want to go back to that and saying that when the model works, this is what you get. You get a squad that fights and works for each other. Like James Milner was crying on the bench last night because it might be his final game for Liverpool. The guy doesn't want to leave. It's only rumoured that he's going to sign a new deal. He hasn't signed one yet. And, yeah. um, you know, when you have that happening, you have guys leading the fight for the shirt. You know, you don't have your best player in Salah kicking up a fuss. He's sitting on the bench. You know, every player that comes off, they love it. You know, Thiago was telling Klopp only against United, don't take me off. Klopp takes him off because, you know, it's Thiago. Wrap him up in cotton wool. Um, and, you know, and he's having a laugh. He's having a joke. When you build that through the model of sustainability, of not buying big amounts of players that you don't need, reinvesting when you do sell heavy and, you yeah. know, not spending too much of the club's resource. It's so nice to see that come to fruition. And it's just nice that Liverpool got it all right. Um, and not saying that City's ways are, are bad. If you get 400 mil, you know, a transfer window or whatever that you can get, take it, run, sign what you get. But um, I think it's really interesting to see how Arsenal and United go in regards to that model. And in terms of us, it's just exciting to think that I've always said that we won't do the treble because I feel like the, the Premier League title may not happen. But I honestly think that the way this season has gone, I think there's going to be a moment somewhere where City will look and slip. If we're there, we're there. But if we slipped up beforehand, who knows? Yeah, exactly. And there's just plenty to unfold and we'll definitely touch on it as the weeks progress, I think. So we'll probably leave the the Premier League-ish sort of chat there. Um, I do want to touch on City quickly. Like They've played second twice now. They haven't even looked phased. Yeah, um, and this is why their quality. I know we talk about Liverpool a lot on this uh, on this channel, Paul, don't we? Um, you know, it's they are our boys. But I just want to put it out there that I know a lot of people here that I just talk about Liverpool. City are incredible, and Pep's incredible. And, and Jesus incredible. has gone to another level at the moment. Yeah, and it's just um, you know the pressure may eventually tell of you know who plays first and who plays second, but City both times just put it out their head and gone and played and done their job. And, you know, that's hallmark to them. I think they're incredible as well. And, you know, we'll talk Champions League a bit, you know, later in the pod. But I just thought it's important that we did mention that City are still an incredible side as well. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone's going to dispute that um, for a second. So, I don't know. It's just one of those ones where we're just going to have to pray um, that we can somehow get a job done. And Do you think we can win the Premier League title, Paul? Yeah, well, what we're point behind so you'd be okay, stupid but to... will we i want to know are you oh. predicting us to do it or do you reckon city win every game no i don't think city win every game my, my, do we, would, do my, we win every game then that's what i'm questioning at the same time so <laughs> there's look i've seen us do it i've seen them do it it's one of those ones where it just depends it depends what happens in champions league too like if we end up yeah. versing each other in the final then i think they take an eye off the premier league if they're like they would not want to lose back to back Champions League finals. I agree with that. So it will be dependent on what happens against Madrid in that second league. Yeah. So and, that, and that's where my hesitation is at the moment. It's 
not knowing that factor because I think we, we've shown that we're capable of going to the last day and winning the Champions League with this squad. So... You want to know what's crazy, Paul, that's just occurred to me? We want to be talking about this or we would be talking about a different sort of quad maybe. With our Allison. Yeah, yeah, they said that in the commentary last night. I just ordered that then, this West Brom Allison, because I just ordered an Allison t-shirt off the Redmen TV website. Yeah, they spoke about that like, last night in the Newcastle game on the commentary. Like I was I was watching it on stream, so I had like the commentary like really uh, nice on the Okay. Reaction, yeah, no, they, yeah. they mentioned that. They're like they're, how is like mental is it that we might not even had this opportunity if one, we didn't have Allison's goal and two, we didn't have Nat Phillips and Reese Williams step into centre back for that last stretch of games. Uh, and get Fabinho back in the midfield. Like, it's just crazy that we won't have even been in the Champions League and we're doing what we're doing in the league this year. It's just mental. Yeah, man. Like, I'm just looking at City's fixtures. They've got Newcastle next, which is a big game for them. Then they've got Wolves, West Ham and Villa. Some tough I games in there. The City on paper probably should win all of them, but they're not easy. Not one of them is easy. They're neither ours, though. Really Wolves, Wolverhampton, uh, you know. Wolves are struggling big time at the moment. They're defensively meant to be really good, but they are struggling. So I do expect City to beat, but they beat them. I think West Ham, they're probably going to be out of Europe. I don't know. I don't, I don't see Frankfurt following it away. Yeah. Um, so I think West Ham might just turn their attention to the league, and that could be a huge one. The ga- You want to know where I think we win the league, Paul, is we win every game, they win every game, final day, Gerard and continue to do us a favour. Who knows? It's doable. But again, Villa aren't playing. For, I mean, they are playing for that, I guess, but... But I think Gerard and Coutinho will be playing for that. Yeah, the rest of the... And what, Danny Ings? Yeah. <laughs> I just, just see enough Liverpool connection there to just... Whatever. Uh, and I'm, the same way, disclaimer, I've been saying it since day night. I'm still going to say I still think City win the league from here because I just don't see them losing a game. But Yeah, I don't know. I'm being optimistic. Game. Putting it in the uh, universe that they might drop... They might draw a game, I think. Mate, well, you know what would be crazy, guys? They lose a game, then we draw, and then it's just goal difference all the way home. And the goal difference is tight because City have been pumping people. Yeah, then we're going to start backing teams just <laughs> setting up brick walls in front of the goal. Yeah, pretty much because, you know, the goal difference is down to one, and at one stage it's out of what, six or seven. Yeah. Mental. This but, season's mental. I love it. Like, dude loves Premier League football. We all love Premier League football. Yeah, it's been massive. We don't, we don't even get a start on the relegation flight. Maybe that's just episode That's 50. a total episode. Episode 50, championship, oh. relegation, Premier League title rise. We'll go into end-depth yeah. because it's episode 50. That but, sounds um, good. Norwich, unfortunately, yeah. down the down the drainer again. Day the championship. And Fulham and, are already up. So. And Watford aren't far away. Um, they're only a point ahead. So, anyway. Champions League, we'll just recap this very quickly. Liverpool, nice, com- not comfortable, but nice to walk away 2-0. Um you know, should, have, should have won by more. Like we absolutely blitzed Villarreal. I didn't even know what what hit him. Um, yeah. And you know, barring a you know, I think we really got lucky. There was a few chances where he tried to save his parody into an area where if there's a Liverpool red shirt, it's just like thank you through the middle of the box, and both times to fall into like power Torres, where yeah. if it falls anywhere else, it's, it's a goal. Um, and at the same stage, you know, Thiago hits the post. Is an inch away from that going in. I just you know, on a different day, it's four or five. And I think there's a lot of Liverpool fans that probably go out there and say, why don't we just go at the jugular? Uh, but, you know, if you, you take 2 0, calm, easy 2 0 game, you know, you back us to probably score in Spain. That's probably going to be enough to see us do it. So, yeah. So, going from that, I'm more than happy to kind of ride a 2 0 anyway, 
going to Spain because, it, you know, Emery's come out saying um, that they're going to make it hell for us. But I think the match script is kind of obvious, is obviously going against the way Villarreal sort of play. So for them to over... I mean, look, if they overturn a 2-0 deficit from Anfield, then they deserve to be in the final, 100%. So I just don't see a match script where, number one, we throw away a two-goal lead and I don't see a world where they're able to, you know, sustain that level of intensity and pressure and have the ball because they didn't show much, you know, of getting on the ball in the first leg. And I haven't seen, like, this Villarreal team is not a team that's known to be dominant on the ball. So I'm more than expecting us to come away with a victory out of this leg. Whether it, I, I see a draw, you know what I mean? I, I definitely see a world where there's a draw on the cards, but I, I can't see a world where we lose more than by one goal um, in this uh, second leg. I, I agree, and to be quite fair, um, and I love Villarreal, as everybody knows, big supporter of what they do. Um, I just don't know how they're going to approach the game, because I feel like if every say they're going to make it hell, what does he mean? Does he mean he's going to make it hell by trying to come out and press us and give us no space and time or whatever? We just rotated the league and won, so we're going to have half our right hand, our whole right hand side is going to be fresh. Um if they're going to come out and do that, I just see a world where Salah gets in behind a lot, Trent gets a lot of freedom. You know, you, you're going to come and try and press the best team in the world. Um, you're just going to get picked off. I think what he means is going to make it hell is that I think he expects the stadium and the fans to be, you know. Yeah, the environment. So they should be. Because, you know, Villarreal making a Champions League semi-final is huge. huge for them. You know, so kudos. And I hope they make it hell in terms of the stadium. I think it'd be great. But I think what I reckon will happen more than likely is I think he's going to say he's going to make it hell by them sitting there in their low block that they normally play, give us nothing. And if they can get into halftime of it being nil-nil, maybe Jared Moreno starts. Maybe they get one on the break and it's one-nil at halftime. Maybe, you know, yeah. that, you know, Liverpool dominate and then they have one moment and they score. Then I think then we'll see a Villarreal side that second half will probably venture out and look to play. I think that's how we will approach it. But if he's going to come out from minute one and try to blitz us, there's a world where it could be three new in 20 minutes and see it later. Yeah, and it's a real fine line, isn't it, for for them? Um, because, I think so too. you know, how much, how much do you give? That's the thing. Like, Because if you open yourself up too much, then you're just going to absolutely just get hammered on the other way, especially against you know the way that we play. So that's what I'm... I am looking forward to this, you know, set of games because I think it's just going to be... It's more intriguing because it goes against the script for what typically has happened to us in the past with Spanish sides. Normally, the first legs we typically play in Spain, which must be just a coincidence, um, but you know they're quite tight, or we go one nil down, or you know we have to then find a way to dig our way out. Whereas this time around, we've played at home first and done it quite comfortably. Yeah, which is quite nice, and I just. Look, as much as I love Villarreal, I just don't see them having the attacking quality against us. Who can, you know, for a side that apparently can't defend, apparently we can't defend. We've got the most clean sheets in the Premier League by a mile, and we've been defensively, you know, rock solid. You know, if you're looking at the teams that have scored against us, it's been City twice, and we've conceded in a couple of dead rubber U- European games where the game's been already over before we've conceded, right? Like Benfica. Apart from that, any game that's been like lively, we've kept the clean sheet in. So, yeah. although what a rubbish off that they're going to come out and score two. 
But at the same stage, I just don't see where, where it happens unless it's one of those days where we have like a million shots, nothing goes in. They have two shots, two you're on target, two your goals. You know, that typical like football manager just decides before the game started that you're going to lose sort of thing. Um, but look, I just think it's intriguing because I just want to know how Emre goes about it. Because for the first time, he's behind in the tyre. Yeah. And even going to last season in the Europa League, I'm trying to think, were they ever behind in the tyre where they had to chase it? In the Europa League, one. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't think they were from minute one. I think they were behind in tyres like, as the game was being played. Yeah. And, you know, the emotion of the game, whatever dictates how it goes. But I think as a game plan coming in, I don't think they were behind once in their campaign as well, off the top of my head. So with that being said, I just, I, I'm more intrigued to see how they set up and how they go about it. I still believe, as much as it sounds ludicrous, I think their best chance is to actually sit there and try and do what they did against us at Anfield, but know that if they can get our one moment and score and put us one nil down, doing that is, yeah. I just feel like Villarreal can see one, it's game over. Yeah, you're probably not wrong there, um, to be perfectly honest, because, you know, 3-0 would be just next level, wouldn't it? You know, on oh, aggregate. 100%, I agree. And look, I, I expect fully expect Liverpool to be in the final against the boys that will either be City or Madrid, and that is evenly poised. Yeah. Um, and the, what a tie that was, just sort of the complete opposite of, of what we saw Um on our end, it was free flowing. There was goals. There was, you know, good goals as well. And you know that second leg's you know extremely uh, well poised um, to be another excellent sort of showing um, going into the the second leg of that title. And really, you're splitting hairs. Um, we saw how good City, uh, sorry, uh, how good Madrid were in that first leg against Chelsea, but we saw how bad they were at home. Surely. League's wrapped up now. Um, Ancelotti, what a achievement that is as well um, to oh, win all five um, major um, trophy, uh, the five major European leagues. It's unheard of. I think he's the first, he's the first manager to do it. So, um, this is quality. What a manager he is too. Yeah. So a little shout out to Carlo because I don't think we spoke about him much when we spoke about the question about the GOAT managers. I think he got like a honourable mention, but we'll keep it moving anyway. Surely they can't turn out the same performance they did um, against Chelsea in this second leg. It's their competition, as everyone says. The Champions League was made for Real Madrid and Real Madrid were made for the Champions League. And they're just a team that have ingrained knowledge of how to grind out tyres. They don't care how it's done. They don't care how they do it. They always just do enough to get through. And this is where I think City would be very disappointed with how this game's ended up 4-3 because every time they went two goals ahead, they look like they could just, you know, put it to bed. Like yeah. City both times just look like, you know, I'm just going to put the game to bed here. We, you know, we could just knock the ball around or we could, you know, score another one if we want to. And they never did. It just was always, you know, never put the final nail in the coffin, so to speak. And then if you allow Benzema and Madrid enough chances, they will score. And that's just kind of what happened in this tie because you just felt the whole time City is always going to win that game. It was a question of will they run away with it or will they let Real Madrid back in? And they let Madrid back in twice. And if, if City were two goals up going to Spain, I would say this tie's probably done, especially without away goals now being the thing. Yeah. Um, but now that it's only a goal, I'd see a world where Madrid could win and Benzema with the form he's in. It'd be crazy. I, I, I personally, from a Liverpool point of view, want to play Madrid just because we've played City so much already. And I think for the neutrals, that's the same thing. 
But I also do think it's fitting that the two teams that are fighting for the Premier League title and are the two best teams in the world at the moment probably play in the Champions League final. So, been to see. Yeah, it's one of those ones where I'm kind of happy to, to play either, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Let's um, get there first. Yeah, let's get there. Um, but there's storylines both ways. So that, that's what I like about it. So I obviously, if we take on City, it's the, you know, with you know, probably, yeah, you're right, the two best teams going around. If but, you get Real Madrid, though, then there's opportunity for redemption from Kiev and, uh, you know, for the two most successful teams. I don't know. How many's Milan won? Milan, I think they've got seven? Eight or seven. One yeah. Or two. So, so we tie or get close to Milan, then, you know, you add that to it too. You know, I think us playing Real Madrid would be, you know, I think that'd be cool. I think. I think so too. And if Salah redemption, Maya, but no, Ramos makes it a bit, you know. <laughs> Imagine that. Fine. Salah versus uh, Ramos again. I think that'd be cool, but um, it is what it is. Um, and I think, you know, we're just, you know, City's known for that, you know, team that's just, does the job in the league. We're a team that's known to get the job done in the yeah. in cups. So, you know, is is there a world where we get it all done? Who knows? But you know, it would be nice. I just feel like City's history precedes themselves in the Champions League and throwing it away. And this just feels like them throwing it away. Yeah, potentially. Um, and we'll we'll see what happens. And hopefully, we're not the team that gives City their first Champions League. That would be um, horrible. <laughs> yeah, that would be annoying. Um, but I just, I think if I was going to make a prediction, Liverpool beat Villarreal home and away and we win in Spain. And I actually think Madrid beat City. And it'd either be one of those games that end up in extra time because they beat them by a goal or they win it in normal time because they get a couple. Yeah. And then we have a fun final in Paris to look forward to from that point. Yeah, getting Champions League tickets are quite hard, aren't they, Paul? Yeah, I didn't end up submitting it in the end. It was too much effort. (laughs) (laughs) The whole process of trying to go on a ballot to win Champions League tickets, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't tried, it's it's quite It's closed now. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we we did try from Little Old Adelaide. Shout out to Zach and Dom, who also tried with us, try and get us all four four of us were going to, on a whim, just go out to France if we could, but uh, never mind. Um, But, yeah, look, I just feel like, Champions League's in a good spot. I don't want to touch too much on the Europa League. I just feel like episode 50 is going to be an episode where we cover everything that's left to play for because it's episode 50. We make an extravaganza of like, you know, Europa League, Euro 2, everything. We'll just do the preview of the final there. There, We'll do all the final previews, who we want to come up from the championship, all that sort of stuff. I just feel like that's the episode 50 thing we'll do. But in terms of the Europa League and in the Euro 2, everything's to play for at every tie, which is amazing. There's not been a team that's put yeah. any money up, and that's how it should be come semi-finals of European competition. So credit to the Europa League, especially for turning out some really interesting results as well. Yeah, and it's been fun to watch. Um, it's been it's, actually really good. It's been, you know, good this year. I was worried about the Conference League just being dominated by the English teams, and, you know, obviously Leicester's there, but, you know, they only have one representative team there. I think that says a lot about where the other teams in Europe are too, so... It's always been nice to not just see, um, you know, Spurs and whoever else was down there. I, can't, I think maybe it was just Spurs and Leicester. Maybe that were the only two teams that were fighting. I don't think anyone else was in the Conference League. But I don't think anyone was either. Yeah. My head. So it's nice to just be able to see other teams, be able to get some European success. And obviously one of those sides are going to have the uh, privilege of um, 
saying that they won the first one. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see. But I think it's time for us to move into some of our questions that we've got here in the Discord. So, yeah, a little reminder for those that haven't already. Make sure you get the link from the description of this podcast so that you yep. can join our community. Um, and it's not just Damo and I. There are other creators that are amongst that community as well who you may not know of or who you may know of. So All always good. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... I think we'll start with Dim's question there about Derby. So with Derby relegated, what now for Wayne Rooney? Will the board keep him and hope he rebuilds or will they want a manager that can get the results? Can I just jump in quickly there? Yeah. He was getting results. (laughs) The the fact that they were minus 21 points and not able to sign anybody... um, that plays the bigger part there. So I think yeah. it would it mean more if he stays and if they back him that way um, because he wouldn't have taken that job to try and just do a fix-it job this season and then go, oh, no, it's too hard now. Now I'm going to leave. So that's where I sit with it. I think he's definitely going to hang around if it's on him. Um, it's more about does the club have the money to survive? That's the bigger part yeah. in this for me. Uh, that's that's where I was going with this, Dim. I understand the question. Um, I just think it's just more of a question that's just looked at the table and gone, oh, he's had a poor year. You know, for maybe someone that doesn't understand the story that's happening there at Derby. Not saying that you don't, Dim, but it just feels like that's where the question's kind of been targeted at. It's just, look, oh, I've looked at the table where he's got the sack. Oh, he's been linked with all these jobs. You know, why sort of thing? What does he do now? I think the big questions here is can they still have a football club next year? And hopefully they do because they have a big history in England. I'm not saying they got like crazy amounts of history, but they're one of those clubs that have been there forever. Yeah, it feels like in terms of the English pyramid and being in the like the the, the football top, league. Top league. I don't want another Berry situation to happen. You know where the club is non-existent anymore. Well, and Berry actually, I think are kicking around now like the eighth level of England in the yeah, amateurs. That won't be as Berry though. Yeah. Yeah, they have to restart the club under another name. Um, then it's like Berry something, but. Um, I think it was up to Wayne Rooney. He stays because if he wasn't going to stay, he would have jumped ship to probably take the Everton job, which he turned down. Um, reportedly, he turned down. That's why Lampard's got it. And I just feel like if there is a football club there next season, right, Wayne Rooney will try and take him back up. And to be quite fair, if it wasn't for the 21 points, he would be mid-table right now in the championship, which with not signing anyone just shows that He's one of those couple of managers that's actually gone away, done some coaching previously, and is just honing in his skills compared to, well, Frank Lampard, who just gets his job because of his name and is quite clearly out of his depth every job he takes. So, yeah, I I would say that uh, Rooney would stay if the club sticks around and the board would be delighted to keep him. And I wouldn't be totally against if Wayne Rooney got a job, you know, at a higher level and took it either, not knowing that he could have a job or not because of financial reasons, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you'd like to think they're going to be a side that hopefully bounce straight back up because once you get sucked down, um, it can be quite difficult to propel back out of um, League One, oh, League yes, Two. Yeah, and uh, you know you don't want Derby, and like, even there, Wigan though. have kind of sort of sat down there for a while now too as well. So definitely don't want Derby lingering um, in League One um, because I feel like the eyes on the championship are 
a lot stronger than they are on League One, and I think over a you know sustained period of time uh, for a club like Derby, they'll definitely be missing out on massive dollars by sitting in League One. So hopefully, whatever issues they've got, they can resolve it yeah. as quick as possible, and just to ensure that. Yeah, because the only two, three years ago or three seasons ago, they were pushing them in the playoffs and they're in the playoff final with Frank. So, you know, that, that's what... That, that was how that's they've ended up thing. in this position, though, because they overspent to push for that promotion, didn't get it. And... and money. Yeah, and it's literally done a, a full 180. So, definitely not ideal, but, you know... Not one game away from that $100 million that you get for going up. Yeah, and then everyone would have been talking about how good the investment was and yada, 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 and the job Frank did and, you know, so many <laughs> stories that have probably come out, you know, from that. It's just mental, isn't it? The small oh, margins. And I don't want to... Ba- I mean, like, you mentioned Frank and the job Frank did. I don't want to bang on it, Dim, and I know it's not part of your question, and I kind of mentioned it in my chat, but every time I hear that Frank Lampard did a good job at Derby, Frank Lampard got, like, nine well-paid loans from Chelsea. So he yeah. basically had a Chelsea second-string squad in the championship. The fact he didn't go up with that squad and the fact he probably didn't get automatic promotion just shows that he's not a good enough manager to be where he is right now. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think, I think any manager worth their soul with nine loans from Chelsea in the championship, nine quality loans, I'm pretty sure, you know, they should have gone up automatically. Yeah, fair so point. I, think Dar- I don't want to say that Derby should blame Frank Lampard for their financial troubles, no. But Derby should look at Frank Lampard and go, you're probably the reason why we're not in the Premier League or had Premier League money to survive. Yeah. I know that's quite harsh, and I know you're a Chelsea fan, Dim, but that's kind of my view. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to a second question from Dim as well, which is what's happening at United. We could spend all year on that. Uh, but Ralph couldn't uh, revive a mediocre mean United side, even though he was trusted to be the future of the club. Still did is. he leave to Austria to save his reputation or did he give up on the club? So I'm going to answer the first bit. He hasn't actually left Manchester United. He is doing the Austria job in conjunction with being the consultant uh, for... So I don't think it's technically a director of football, but... It, he, it's, it's, it's a, a cons- football without the top, without the title. So he's he's a c- consultant of football or something. He yeah. got some weird job title, but that's what his job title is. So yeah, the fact so he, he was never going to revive a team because you can't walk in halfway through a season and when you know that it's only a short term thing, he would have just been asked to stabilize it, try and just direct us towards Europe, but. It just, it was more, for me, the appointment as the manager was just to get him in for the off the field long-term role, you know, so they said like, we'll wear him for six months on the field until we find who we actually want and hopefully, you know, he does play a good enough brand of football and it's a bit more of what they're obviously wanting because it's very similar to Ten Hag, so it's, it made sense, like, to me, the results aren't there, but the appointment made sense. Because they got who they wanted long term, oh, yeah. so 100% and I agree with that. And it's just it, people need to remember, and that he was appointed mainly as that consultant of football to be the guy to steer the club out of what's been going on. To be the guy that okay, we need to make this footballing decision. What do you think we do, Ralph? He wasn't there to be the manager. People get worked up because he was offered to be if he had his good first season to stay on as manager for the next couple after that. But Ralph always had one eye on, I don't want to know if I want to coach or not come next year, right? And look, it hasn't worked out. I don't think that's his fault. I just think that's... The well, he plays a style that's not suited to what he does. 
yeah. you can see it yeah, as exactly. well. Yeah, and that's why they get pummeled all the time. Um, and that's why Austrians come after him because I think that they fit pretty well. Um, as and he well, can do the jobs yeah. simultaneously. He's he's been Salzburg's man, uh, the Salzburg manager in the past. He's done a lot in Austria, so it, it makes so much sense. Makes like, sense. It is it such does. a good opportunity, and Austria, as a developing football nation, it, I think it's a great get for them. I really I do. So Some of that actually cares about their football too. Yeah, they're in Austria, which is great. And just going on with that as well, he wasn't there to like save the future. He trusted with the future of the club. No, He's that's ten hours. Trusted the future of the club for the consultant of football, not for being the manager. And I think people forget that. It was more the fact that United couldn't get in anyone of quality because Poch went to Spurs. You know, they couldn't get over the line there with, um, what's his name there at Spurs? Uh, Spurs Conte. Um, Conte, sorry. Yeah, they couldn't get Conte over the line. Zidane didn't want to borrow it. So they're like, well, Ralph, we want you to be the consultant of football, which is director of football, basically, but just didn't give him the title. Um, And can you just come and do a job? And he's done the job. It's not his fault where they sit. And, you know, Ten Hag's got a job on his hands. But I can guarantee you, Ralph would have done an interview with Ten Hag. Ralph would have been the guy that told Ten Hag that this is what he needs to do. And straight away, Donny van der Beek would have been on the phone to Ten Hag going, this is the job that you need to do. Come and save and, me and, that's, and my career. And that's, his, <laughs> and that's yeah, yeah, probably what it would have been from van, Donny van der Beek. But that's Ralph's job, was to go and find someone that could replace him as coach to be better. And be the long term. sit there. And he can lead the scouting. He can lead the analysis process. He can lead what the youth the culture. team have to do to get things and build the culture, you know, that they have there at, you know, Salzburg. Which he's done multiple times. Yeah. yeah, and that's why they've got him in. If they didn't get him in to, you know, come get us top four and, you know, next season buy a million players and win us the league. And people need to remember that. So, yet again, you know, what's happening at United? United being United. As Ralph could not revive a mediocre United side, mate, not even Sir Alex Ferguson could revive this Man United side without signing a player or two. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't understand why, you know, that that point of the question is like, that, that to me is mute. It wasn't the job. It wasn't his plan was to, I think they still think he would have got top four, but I think that's down to the players more than him. Yeah. And the style of football's clash. And then you look at the entrusted with the future of the club he is, because look at the job that he has. He's not a job as a coach. He's a consultant that has coached. So, yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um, and I and I feel for him because he's taken a lot of criticism, um, you know, uh, and he's been questioned quite a lot and he's been questioned about the, the, cons- the, con- the consult role too, which I don't think is quite fair. So, look, we, we'll definitely over the off-season probably um, talk United about United, United quite a bit because we tend to talk about United quite a bit. So... I think it'll be one where we can break down uh, their playing squad and, and really uh, unpack the job Ten Hag's got uh, ahead of him, which I think will be quite positive uh, to do because, you know, I, I think they're going to be heading slowly in the right direction, which would be absolutely fantastic if you're a Manchester United or a Premier League fan. So I think we'll move on um, because I do have a couple of things I want to talk about after we get through the questions too before we wrap up. So, Russo asks, um, we'll get through the, the silly question first. So, should Norwich and Fulham create their own league to play each other instead of taking up a promotion spot every year? Yes. I think it's hilarious it that every year <laughs> they haven't played each other for like five years, I reckon. I've got a question for you on the basis of that, Paul. Yep. 38 league season, Norwich played Fulham for 38 games each. Who wins the league and why? Fulham. Why? Mitrovic. 
Okay, just, Norwich, Pookie. Nah, Mitrovic is another level to Pookie, oh, man. Mate, he is unreal. The fact he stays for, for this long is ridiculous. He just broke Tony's goal-scoring record in one... Like, he's gone down for one season again. Tony yeah. went nuts last year, and Mitrovic is like, yeah, all right, I'm going to break your record now. Like, he is scoring this for is fun. He's so good. He... he He's way too good for the championship, and he's never been in a good side in the Premier League. When he was at Newcastle, they were a basket case, and every yep. time he's been at Fulham, they've been a basket case. Like if if you saw, you know, West Ham, go get Mitrovic, go get. Imagine a four four two Mitrovic, Antonio, Bowen, Fournells. Imagine like how much oh, it'd be so good to watch. Imagine Mitrovic just holding it up, Antonio running in behind. Oh, dude, they would be they would be mental. I just don't think Mitrovic will leave Fulham now. No, nah, not now that he's got him up. But oh, I could. I he would, would that, do like, damage. If Mitrovic was in a decent side, man. Aston Villa, even you know, you get Danny Ings coming on in and out of the team because of injury. Watkins, and then you have Watkins off the left coming into his right foot. Yeah, bloody Coutinho in the ten, Bundia on the other side, and Mitrovic up top. He fits that mold too. You know, there's a lot of teams where Mitrovic would. You know, be very good at. Or taking and, back to Newcastle with all the yeah, money. Newcastle could do a job. Him and Wood up top and the two with the same Max Wilson. Yeah, people forget. You <laughs> know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. Between but, Wood, you know, Wilson, and Mitrovic, you play a front two and two of them are fit every week. <laughs> just telling you, every time Mitrovic is in the Premier League, he always scores 10 plus goals in a basket case side. Yeah. You always have him on fantasy Premier League because of that. Just imagine the things he would do in a mid table team. He would bully, he'd score more goals. He would be a beast. And I love watching him play. I love watching him play too. And I hate that he stayed at Fulham this long because I only get to see him every second season. And I reckon if they created their own league, Fulham would win. I just wanted to make the comparison between yeah. Pookie and uh, Mitrovic, and I think uh, the rest of the squads aren't comparable. So yeah, I just I, just I don't know. I don't know the squads well enough to enough nonce about themselves to actually do stuff. Who's their manager these days? Because they got Is rid Scott of Scott Parker. Parker. Nah, they got rid of him. Um, let me have a look. Fulham FC. Here we go. Their manager is Marco Silva. Oh, um, Portuguese manager used to be uh, Everton Watford, and Watford. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd expect Watford them never to. Never should go rid of him. Man, you can say about half Watford the managers Watford have got rid of. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just how many? How long have we got <laughs> about, oh, Watford? Yeah, about Watford? I think actually, while we're speaking about Watford, Paul, I know we're talking about questions. Is Malasar? Where does he end up? Oh yeah, he's got to leave. He went down with them last time. Um, he might go down again. He's too good. Crystal man, Palace. I'll have him off the bench, man. Is it, would he fit in at Palace? Yeah, Zaha on one side, him on the other side. Edward. Oh man, Palace! Don't be some. Don't don't do Palace like that. Half next season, I could see that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, don't. Oh, I think Palace is a good step in his development uh, with Vie- like with Vieira. Um, but with like Edward, Elise, Eze, Zaha, him. Very, very pacey for forward. Very direct, very quick. I think if um, I think if Brentford wanted to take a punt, there's one there too. Oh, you can't tell me Palace isn't good enough and then go to Brentford. No, no, no. I'm just saying that if uh, teams that would use him, I honestly oh. think he's good enough to sit on the bench for Chelsea, Liverpool, City. I don't think at this I point he'd want to sit on the bench. He'd want to play week in, week out. Then Palace makes probably the best fit. Actually, you know who should sign him? 
Who? Leicester need some new faces that are revitalised. Yeah, that's a good shout. That's a great shout. That's a great fit there under Brendan Rodgers, man. Yeah. He would be dynamite with Madison through the middle, Barnes on the other side. Yeah, that's a good shout. I rate that. Barty getting a bit older. Daka probably plays a bit more. Yeah. I think there's a lot of room for Ismail Saar in the Prem, so don't be surprised if he gets his move. Wouldn't even be surprised if he goes end up playing in France or Italy or Spain. Yeah, leaves England. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me either. Um... And then the second part of Russo's question is where to next for Everton if they get relegated. The issue with Everton is they've just spent millions and millions and millions of pounds on a brand new stadium. Now, they're going to get their parachute payment if they go down. So they're still going to get money. They need to rebound straight away. Or they're in trouble. Yeah. Otherwise, they are in massive trouble. Yeah. And how did it go so wrong? Because under Carlo Ancelotti, everyone was talking about how good Everton were playing, how things had changed. And then obviously this Real Madrid job just come up and boom, gone. Rafa gets given a a team that's not his and bang, gone. Decimated by injury for Rafa, poor bloke. He started really well. That's the thing. And then he lost Calvert Lewin for injury. Half the Richardson. Pardon, yeah. So, yeah. He's played a part in Everton's season. Now, are they getting relegated? I personally think yes. I reckon they are too. For whatever reason, uh, Bernie, for whatever reason, failing results after sucking <laughs> dice. Which it's I'm unbelievable. Last night, two goals in the last five minutes. <laughs> which I, I can't believe it. And the fact that Weghorst's not scoring him either is ridiculous in itself. I know. But you know what it feels like? It just feels like everything's conspiring against Everton. Everton panics, got the wrong manager in. Yeah. Let's not go get a manager that's actually known for staying up. Let's go take a punt on a Premier League legend who's been oh, failing. Their run, their yeah. run is dreadful. So Chelsea. Yeah. I think they're gone. Leicester. They in hand, but they're gone. Watford in a six-pointer. Brentford. Crystal that's Palace. And Arsenal in the last day. Look, they need to beat Watford, and they should beat Watford. But with the form they're in, I don't know. And then they're probably going to have to beat Brentford as well. And then pray Burnley do not get. So those two results only get them level. They need more than two wins. They're two wins back at the moment. They do have two games back on them though. Yeah, but but the two games in hand, Damo, are Watford and Brentford. Yeah, they're the two games in hand. So if they win both, it doesn't matter. Like they're still there. They still need to pick up a point from somewhere else. And from Chelsea, get Leicester, Palace, Arsenal. I think they get a point against Leicester. Oh, my God. If Leicester... And Leicester is still in Europe. It doesn't matter because it's 8th of May. There's miles between... Oh, it's, two, it's miles. Okay. It's, um, and Palace, whatever. Palace is not playing for anything either. Um, look, I think... Look, the way I view it... Palace at home could be the game for them. Palace yeah, at Goodison could be yeah, the game. The game. For Which me, is the second to last game, though. But they might be down by then. That's the problem. No, I don't think they will be. But I think <laughs> they'll go down on the final day and Burnley will stay up. But for me, I've always been a big believer in a relegation fight. Points on the board matter more than games in hand. Because you're in the relegation fight for a reason. Doesn't mean those games in hand are going to return into results. Exactly. you might be out of form. You might be this, you might be that. So I'd rather have played two more games and had the points on the board. And Burnley are doing everything right. right well, Burnley were that team yeah. that had five games in hand. Yeah. Remember that, and they've gone and made the most of it. That's the thing. Yeah. That's where Everton have been dragged into it because everyone was and saying that about Burnley, and Burnley have gone and done it, and they've got lots of late points. Like whether they've gone and got late equalizers or late winners, they've gone and just 
snatched, you know, a good six, seven, eight points in the last month and a bit. It's nuts. Yeah, it's been nutters and but good on them. Like, I think they're going to stay up personally too, um, Burnley from here. I just oh, 100% like they are. Points on the board. And I and like Burnley. Keep them up. Pardon? I like Burnley. I didn't want them going down. I don't want Burnley going down either. I, I, I honestly thought they were going down when they sacked Sean Dice. That sounded like panic to me. Yeah, um, but they've but come out of it well. Out. I don't understand. There's no logic behind why it's worked, but it's worked. <laughs> and because of that... It's a fresh idea. That's all it is. Pardon? Fresh ideas. I haven't watched them yet. That's the problem. Everton are going to go down. Yeah, look, let's transition this into Potato's question because he asked who's getting relegated this season. I'm assuming he's talking about Premier League. Yeah, Norwich are down. Watford are a point away from going down. So there's two, and we're talking Everton. Yeah, I think Everton just not having points on the board means they're going down. But (sighs) that is nuts. I've never been relegated from the from the top division. Uh, you know what it is? You know what the crazy part is? Look at the amount of money they've spent in their end position. They've spent more than us. The net spend is a lot more than us, like $150 million more than we have. Yeah, I know. And he's nuts. It's so whatever. It's crazy. But, like, look, yeah, but you like, look who they spend it on. They spend, but I saw a picture from Optus Sport. I wish I could find it. The amount of 20 to 40 million pound signings was like 15 or something. Like, they just. Uh, it's similar to Man United, isn't it? Like, a lot of their it signings is. are just weird. You know what I mean? Like, they're not... It's not based on a system. It's not based on a style. It's just, oh, this dude's available, or that guy wants to leave, or this guy knows this guy, or we're tied with this agent. You know, like, it's just mixed match. Yeah. Who can we get to kind of put a team together? And this is what happens. Like teams that don't have that identity and they and Everton have been a team that have gone through lots of managers lately. And that's part of the problem. I think yeah, you start to see it when there's lack of consistency. Eventually you can only ride the train for so long and you know, they're not the only club to, to get sucked into that position because they keep bunny hopping managers. That That's my view. I, I agree with your view. I think it's perfectly right. And look, to be quite fair to Everton, you know. Well, Carlo screwed him. themselves in this situation. Carlo's a little bit unlucky that he's well, gone. But yeah, I mean, you're not going to yeah. return down Real Madrid. And that's unlucky for Everton because he was actually, I felt he was doing a good job. I thought he was too. And he's probably too good like, to be there. just feel like they just kept going after the wrong player. And they probably, look, I don't want to slag Rafa because Rafa's a legend. But I just feel like getting someone, I understand why they got him in. Knows the... Knows the club, knows... Um, but the you know, signings this year showed that they were struggling financially, though, because they couldn't spend... Any, they didn't spend any... Oh, they might have spent some money, but compared to the last five years, they spent yeah. peanuts and got Damari Grana free, who actually did really well at the start of the season. But they went from buying all these dudes for $30 million here, $25 million there, to free transfers. You could tell Rafa didn't have anything to work with. You know, I felt yeah. that was part of the issue this year. I think so too. And I just feel like getting in a rival manager that's managed that you're right. Yeah, that wasn't ideal. Was just, it's not ideal. I understand why they did it. Knows the city and whatever. But, um, and, you know, and obviously Rafa off limited resources worked really well. And I think they realised that what he did at Newcastle was actually quite good. But um, I feel like they could have gone for someone that would have given a bit more stability this season and they didn't get it. I just feel like the big panic they did was sacking Rafa to get in Lampard. I understand if it was Wayne Rooney. Um, I then feel like it should have been for someone a little bit more experienced, you know, of like staying up. Not saying it had to be like Sam Allardyce, but saying it's someone that knows exactly how to keep them up. Yeah. And short term, like which goes against 
everything that I'm... And now they find themselves in their own position. So I look at the board and go, you've overspent on players, you've reinvested in the wrong areas, and you've got in the wrong managers, equals you going down. And if they're not careful, they're going to turn into Leeds United before, you know, they had their miraculous return to English football after many a season. Yeah, I think you kind of go to the game, so we're talking about, though. Um, but you couldn't panic on a... I don't know. I just don't know the logic behind well, Lampard because there's no evidence to show that... He can get a team out of that situation. So maybe you go short term into, you know, hoping you stay up and then get your long term guy that way. Who knows? They've done it before. Maybe that's why they didn't want to do it again when they brought Sam Allardyce in. You know, just same sort of standard. You know, do we want to just buy time or do we want to try and just actually get someone who might keep us up and be here long term? So I get the thought, but get someone with some credibility and that's got some credit in the bank. Just even if you could get Jose from Roma or something, you know, like just someone that can just grind or has got their history of grinding results and points and just to get you up, who knows? But I don't think the Frank was the, the person to go for, but doesn't matter um, from that point. Uh, I think I'm actually here by myself at the moment. So uh, my internet has, decided to crap itself so i might go through unfortunately dom i might have to keep your um question to the next episode there i won't ruin it for everybody else but thank you guys for listening to this episode of the pd sports podcast sorry that i can't get damo here to close it off with me um which is a bit frustrating but We've got a big episode in store for episode 50, which will come out next week. So this is going up probably a day earlier than normal, but next week, I think we should be back to week night. It might be Tuesday. I think I might be busy next Monday night or it might be another Sunday upload. But once again, make sure you get into the um, uh, the description for the link to the podcast, the podcast, to the link to the Discord so you can get your questions in and we'll see you in a week's time for episode 50.